What's going on, everybody? You are tuned in to the Stone Down Sports Podcast, and I really appreciate the fact that you have done so. Uh, as you can see, things look a little bit different today. We are rolling with a one-man booth, but not to worry. I'm still going to provide you all the information you need as we make our run-up to fantasy baseball season. Tonight, we are going to head out to the bullpen. That's right. We are talking about relief pitchers today. Before we jump into that, do want to say thank you to all of our subscribers, everybody that comes to hang out with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, do want to jump into a, a little bit of news and notes before we get started. And, and we've got, uh, yeah, there it is. MLB news and notes. Just a couple of things going on. Uh, we are going to, uh, we're going to see spring training games start here uh, just uh, in a few days. <clears throat> And we're still seeing some free agent signings. Ahmed Rosario signed with the Rays for one year, $1.5 million. He can play shortstop or second base, and he really excels against lefties. And quite frankly, the Rays are going to be able to use that flexibility since Wander Franco is gone and, and doing his thing. Uh, also, the Red Sox picked up Liam Hendricks. He's not going to be back until later in the season. He had Tommy John surgery last August, so you know don't look for him until after the All-Star break. Prior to having Tommy John, he did have, uh, I, I believe it was non-hob... Non fucker had cancer, all right? Um, anyways, he went through treatment for that, came back, pitched for like 10 minutes, and, and then uh, ended up with TJ. He'll be back later on this season. And when he's on and when he's healthy, he is absolutely elite. So that's going to be a boon for the Red Sox bullpen there. Who we got here in the chat? Dubo. What's up, Matt? What's up, Dubo? Glad you could make it, brother. Really appreciate it. So tonight we're talking about relief pitchers. Um, and relief pitchers, in a way, can really be uh, akin to running backs in fantasy football. Um, reliever and, and specifically closer is a really volatile position. Um, and it's something, look, you can find saves on the waiver wire. And, and as we've talked about, you really have to work the waiver wire in fantasy baseball because it's a long season. It's a grind, but it is so worth it. I'm going to lay out a, a little bit of a, a draft strategy for you here tonight in regards to drafting relief pitchers. Don't take this as the gospel. This is more just a, a rough guideline that you can follow, especially if you're new to fantasy baseball. Number one, if you think you can just take the closer on the best team, slow your roll. Your best teams, the, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Braves, they're not playing in, in two to one, three to one games. They're winning seven to three, five to one, something like that. Those teams don't typically play as many close games as, as some of the lesser teams do. And that is what you need to accumulate saves. When a reliever comes in there in the ninth inning, they need to protect a lead of three or fewer runs. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. In fantasy football, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the hero RB strategy when it comes to drafting. Well, I'm going to talk about hero RP. Target one elite closer in the early to mid rounds of your draft. These pitchers are those with very secure roles, excellent strikeout rates, and solid teams behind them, ensuring you're going to get a decent number of save opportunities. But keep in mind, you don't want to really uh, reach for them too early. Is the value you can get from top hitters or starting pitchers at those points in the draft might be significantly higher. 
after you get yourself an elite closer, aim for a mix of reliable relievers and, and high upside risks. Look for pitchers in stable bullpen situations or those who have a clear path to becoming the team's closer. You want to balance reliability with potential breakout candidates that can provide both security and a competitive edge. Again, you can find saves on the wire. Players emerge as the season goes on. When you're looking at your relievers, you want to prioritize those with high strikeout rates and a solid whip and ERA. Uh, relievers can impact these categories significantly in your fantasy leagues, especially in roto formats. A reliever with a high strikeout rate can be just as valuable for your team as a halfway decent starter. And one thing to keep in mind when you're talking about relievers, one bad outing can completely blow up their ERA. When you look at a starter over the course of 200 innings pitched, eight earned runs constitutes uh, a 0.5 increase in their ERA. When you're talking about relievers who may pitch 50, 60 innings, 70 on the high side, that in uh, that outing where they give up three or four runs in, in one inning pitch, you're going to see their ERA balloon. And as you're looking for these players on the waiver wire and you see a high ERA, do a little bit of digging and, and see what happened. Is it somebody who's routinely getting touched up for a run here and a run there? Are they getting blown up? So just something to keep in mind. The hierarchies uh, in the bullpens can change rapidly. You want to stay informed about closer battles, set up men who are, are performing well, and any injury news. Uh, this knowledge can give you a leg up in drafting receivers who may ascend to the closer role or are poised for a breakout season. And pay attention to this stuff in season as well. This is stuff that changes very, very frequently and a few bad outings, especially um, for closers who have more of a tenuous hold on the, the closer role can be moved out. And you have teams who have uh, closer by committee, very, very similar in the NFL to running backs where you have the running back by committee. In leagues where holds are, are counted or in deeper leagues, middle relievers and setup men with high strikeout rates and low ERAs can be very valuable. These pitchers often go overlooked, but they can contribute significantly to your team's success. And you're going to start to see a recurring theme here, especially when it comes to strikeout rates. That's something you really, really want to look for. Um, and in the low ERAs, again, I, I've kind of talked about that a little bit, but it, it's something to keep in mind as well. Volume is crucial when you're talking about relief pitchers. A reliever who is used more frequently has more chances to contribute to your fantasy team uh, and your fantasy team stats if you're in a, a roto league. You want to be prepared to adjust your strategy based on how the draft unfolds. If you miss out on the top closers, don't sweat it. Focus on a solid middle round option or plan to be more active on the waiver wire. Streaming relievers based on matchup and bullpen trends can be a very effective strategy throughout the season. And when it gets towards the end of your draft, think about using some late round picks on relievers with potential, potential to secure a closer role uh, or those with really standout skills. You want to look at their uh, statistics. You can find it on fan graphs. Uh, you can find it over on Baseball Savant. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, these kind of players have low risk, but they have high reward potential and can sometimes make a significant difference. Um, what do we got going on here in the chat? Kyle, he's under the weather. 
Oh, Ramey's making an appearance. Really cutting the dead weight tonight. Hope you're feeling better. Glad you showed up, Ramey. We got Loud Boy in the house. How's it going, brother? Appreciate you stopping through. All right, let me get back to where we were at. All right, so now we are going to, as, as we always do, we are going to bring up um, our full rankings list. As you can see, we got Alexis Diaz there uh, for the picture, and, and Kyle had him last season and, and was pretty pleased overall with how he did. Uh, just running through the top five, we've got Devin Williams from the Brewers, Josh Hader down in Houston, Edwin Diaz, who missed all of last season with an injury up there with the Mets, Camilo Doval for the Giants, and Emmanuel Classe with the Guardians. But you know how we feel about Ohio on, on this podcast. So I think we are about ready to dive in. Our number one relief pitcher. And, and for purposes of this episode, we're going to be focusing on closers. Uh, but do keep in mind what I just talked about. Those setup men and middle relievers do have value. Topping out our list, Devin Williams. Right now, he is the number 13 pitcher off the board. He's got an ADP of 49. You can pick him up for a 20 spot. Last year, he was the number two relief pitcher scored 440 points averaged 7.2 a game which is a very healthy total um well see that's what i get for paying attention to the damn chat in the middle here um oh we got blue yays in the house eventually where in the hell did that go there it is one man band that's right we got a one man booth vin vin scully style here tonight so getting back to Devin Williams, uh, his 2023 season with the Brewers marked another stellar year in his burgeoning career. He really solidified his status as one of the premier uh, relief pitchers in the league. His performance metrics from the past season illustrate a pitcher that's really at the peak of his powers. He finished the season with eight wins and three losses alongside a, alongside a minuscule ERA of 1.53 which was an improvement of almost half a run from 2022 when he finished at 1.93. He had an ERA plus at 282. And remember when we were talking about some of the baseball stats, plus stats are normalized to 100, meaning that his 282 ERA plus was 182% better than league average. I would say that's pretty damn good. Um, both his home run rate and strikeout rate were better than league average. His walk rate at 12.1% was above the league average, which sits at 8.6%. Um, his strikeouts were down slightly from the 96 he had in 2022 to 87 last year, and his K per nine rate remained impressively high at 13.3. His control remained consistent. He only allowed 28 walks, which was similar to what he gave up in 2022, and that really demonstrated his ability to maintain command over his pitches. His ability to generate strikeouts remains a significant asset. His whip improved to 0.92, which was down to uh, down from 1.005 in 2022. And, and that tells us that he's getting better at his control and efficiency in preventing base runners. He actually walks more batters than um, hits that he allows. So if he cuts down on the walks, you could even see some improvement there. And one thing I do want to talk about is the rule changes that MLB instituted last season with the 
you know, the bigger base and, you know, you, you can't just constantly step off. You only get uh, three attempts over to, to first base. What I'm seeing is pitchers are, are pitching more in the zone because they don't want to give up the walks. And when it comes to relief pitchers, home runs and walks are really the big things you want to avoid because going back to what we were talking about earlier, that one bad outing can absolutely blow up your ERA. Uh, his batting average on balls in play was notably low at just .198, and that suggests his combination of skill and, and maybe a little bit of luck in, in limiting his hits. He has decreased his BABIP by 40-plus points each of the last two seasons, though. While I don't expect it to be that low again coming into this season, he is going to be amongst the league leaders there. And this dude... His changeup is a nightmare for hitters with a minuscule batting average against of just .097. Um, the pitch's effectiveness is highlighted by the sheer number of strikeouts it generated, 57. Uh, he's also got a solid four-seam fastball that uh, hitters only hit 177 against, and it provided the remaining 30 of his strikeouts. And the one thing you really like to see here is the delta between the pitch speed of your fastball and your off-speed pitches. You had a 10 and a half mile an hour delta there. Anytime you get to 10 or a little over, that means you can't sit on one pitch and adjust to another. His consistent improvement and adaptation to the closer role suggests that he can maintain or even improve on his 2023 performance. He was top 6% in the league in exit velocity, expected batting average and slugging percentage, hard hit rate, strikeout rate, and whiff rate. And when I'm talking about expected stats, that data is compiled based off of batted ball data. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's something to keep in mind anytime you can see somebody outperform their expected stats, you know, there might be a, a little bit of regression around the corner. For this season, I'm expecting five to seven wins. His ERA to remain elite with a projection of around 1.7. Give him 35 to 40 saves, striking out around 90 and keeping his K per nine right around that 13 mark with walks maintained at around 30. And I expect him to have an elite whip around 0.95. So that dude had an absolutely amazing season. And I really think he's going to be able to carry it on into this year for the beer makers. So next on our list, and our number two closer, Josh Hader of the Houston Astros. Um, he was a number 12 relief pitcher last season. Right now, he's a number 16 pitcher off the board going around pick 55. He's another dude you can pick up for a 20 spot as well. Last season, he had 360 points, averaged 5.9 points per game with the Padres. Uh, and last season with the Padres, it, it really marked a big turnaround from his turbulent 2022 campaign. Uh, he saw a rough patch. It saw his ERA balloon and his performance waiver between the Brewers and the Padres. But he refined his uh, approach and mechanics to reclaim his status of one of baseball's most dominant closers. His ERA dramatically improved to 1.28 in 2023, down from a career high of 5.22. He recorded 33 saves and 61 appearances and was down a, a little bit from 2022 where he recorded 36. But this is where he excels right here. 85 strikeouts and just 56.1 or 56 and a third innings pitched. 
maintained a very high strikeout rate, although a slightly below his peak levels a, a few years back. His K per nine was an elite 13.6. He improved his whip to 1.10, which was down from 1.28. Look, this is a dude who's poised to continue his role as a premier closer in fantasy baseball. His 2023 sets a, a high expectation for his performance this year. His home run percentage did drop to 1.3%, which is a significant improvement, but that was also well below his career average, and I'm expecting some regression there. That combined with a career-high walk uh, percentage of 13% raises some red flags, and really this is the main reason why we have him uh, ranked number two right below Devin Williams. His line drive percentage was at 20.4%, which is relatively low. Ground ball at 34.5%, fly ball at 31%. The fly ball percentage is 7% above average. And as we all know, if you want to hit a home run, you've got to hit it in the air. He was top 5% in strikeout percentage, hard hit percentage, uh, along with his expected batting average against, slugging against, and ERA. His strikeout percent, 36.8%, which is just insane. It really is, especially when you consider that major league average is 22.9%. But even with him being at 36.8%, it was still 6% below his career average. Um, He's going to a a better team situation this year in Houston. For this season, I'm expecting somewhere between four and six wins, uh, an ERA around 1.6, a 1.05 whip. 95 strikeouts and 30 to 40 saves. And and let's pop into the chat here and and see what's going on. We got a newcomer here, Rianu. What's going on? Thank you for joining it. So who we got next on the board? You know what? Let's head out west, shall we? Camilo Doval, San Francisco Giants. He was a number seven relief pitcher last year. This year, he's a number 24 pitcher off the board, got an ADP around 67, and he's a little bit cheaper than the other uh, fellas we've mentioned before. He's going for around 18 bucks. Last season, he had 402 points, averaged 5.8 a game. Uh, and last year, he really solidified his status as one of the best closers in fantasy baseball, uh, leading the league in both games finished and saves. After a breakout 2022, he continued to evolve, showcasing that ability to close out games and and rack up those saves at an elite level. He had an ERA of 2.93 over 67 and two-thirds innings. He had 39 saves, which was up from 27 in 2022. His ERA slightly increased year over year by a, a little less than half a run, but the increase in save opportunities and conversions shows us that his role is unquestioned there. Quite frankly, you know, you're not going to have to worry about him losing the job. That may not be the case uh, for some of the people that we're going to be talking about later on. The slight uptick in ERA is is a bit of a concern, but it is offset by his high save totals, his improved whip, uh, and just his ability to, to miss bats and strike batters out. He had 87 strikeouts last year, and he pr- improved uh, his year-over-year total by seven maintaining a K per nine of 11.6, which was up a full strikeout year over year. His whip was down a a little bit. It went from 1.24 to 1.13 last year. And anytime you can see improvement there, you're going to be happy about it. Um, 
his hits per nine and walks per nine were both down slightly from 2022 to 2023, hovering right around league average. And that can explain the, the dip you saw in his whip. And we're going to come back to the delta here. He's got an 11 mile an hour delta between his cutter and his slider. And, and for those of you that aren't super into math, which I assume that's where it comes from, we're just talking about the difference in pitch speed when I talk about that delta. Uh, his slider had a 173 average against, got him 48 strikeouts, and had an astounding 49.3% whiff rate, which means about half the time somebody swung at that slider, they missed. He had a ground ball percentage of 51.9%, which is about 9% above league average, and his fly ball percentage of 20.6 is five below league average. His hard hit rate is a little bit high at 41.5%, but it's not really translated into home runs, which is a good thing. And a big part of that is the ballpark that he plays in. He does a good job of limiting his home runs. The, the home run rate is only at 1.1%, which is below league average. And we're talking about a dude who's top 8% in baseball and his fastball, fastball velocity, his expected batting average against expected ERA and strikeout percentage. He's somebody whose fantasy value uh, heading into 2024 remains really high, primarily because of his strikeout ability, how effective he is, and just him having that stranglehold uh, on the closer role there. He's somebody who's going to give you a reliable source of saves and strikeouts with a potential for even further improvement if he can enhance the effectiveness of his sinker or adjust his picks, pitch mix to maximize his efficiency. For this season, I'm looking for anywhere between five and seven wins, an ERA of about 2.8, 1.15 whip. He'll get around that 90 strikeout mark and, and another dude who's going to end up with uh, 35 to 40 saves. And the comments are popping off. What's going on? We got Sway in the house. What's going on, brother? Happy to see you. All right, and I guess that was everything. Well, it looked like more. Yeah, that's right. Smash those likes. I see we got uh, about eight folks in here. If you're not subscribed yet, please consider doing so. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday evening at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. And usually I've got uh, somebody else here with me, but he's a, a little bit under the weather. So we're going with the one-man booth tonight. All right. This next dude we're going to talk about. Emmanuel Classe. Not to be confused with Emmanuel, the Skinamax show I used to watch through wavy lines back in the day as a, a teenager to get my fix. Uh, he was a number five relief pitcher last season. This year, he's a number 21 pitcher off the board. He's got an ADP, uh, according to NFBC drafts, in the past month of around 62. And he's another dude going around that $18 mark. Um, Last season, he scored 415 points, and that's according to CBS standard scoring. Average 5.5 points a game. Last season was, was kind of a, a mixed bag after an outstanding 2022 season where he posted an ERA of 1.36 and racked up 42 saves. We did see some regression there. His ERA rose to 3.22, which was an increase of, of almost two full runs from that elite level in 2022. He did still manage to collect 44 saves, and that led the American League. And that showed that despite the regression there, the team still fully believes in him. And, and quite frankly, he is an elite option coming out of the bullpen. 
We did see a a decrease in his strikeouts uh, down to 64 from 77 alongside a drop in his K per nine, which went from 9.5 to 7.9. And we saw a pretty big increase in his whip. In 2022, he had a whip of 0.729, which is just absolutely disgusting. And and while it was up to 1.15, look, that's not terrible. And again, it goes back to just the impact a a few bad outings can have on uh, a relief pitcher's season-long stats. The most notable increases there were were just in the ERA and WHIP, along with uh, the decrease in strikeout efficiency, and, and the reasons for these, who knows? Really, it, it I kind of put it on him. You know, it, it could be a change in pitch effectiveness, variance in defensive support, which I'm not really sure if that was the reason, and I'll get to that in a second, or just look. There's ebb and flow every season of pitcher's performance. His FIP, or fielding independent pitching, and that measures home runs, walks, and strikeouts are the three things that a pitcher can control, went from 1.98 in 2022 to 2.91 in 2023, which suggests to me that, you know, when we were talking just a second ago about why we saw these increases, I don't think it was defense. Um, His home run per nine, walk per nine, and strikeouts per nine all saw adjustments. His home home run, uh, excuse me, his home runs per nine w- was pretty consistent, but his walks per nine nearly doubled the 2.0. Uh, and we saw a noticeable decrease in his K per nine down to 7.9 from 9.0. And his hits per nine went way up. It went from 5.3 to 8.4. So it looks like they're making some better contact with his pitches. Uh, His primary pitch is his cutter. It was much less effective last season. We saw an increase in a batting average against up to two point or up to 267, which was up nearly 80 points. And we also saw a dip in his velocity. It was down about a half a mile an hour on that pitch. And exit velocity off batted balls was up two and a half miles an hour. Uh, His effectiveness of this pitch, quite frankly, is going to be crucial for his 2024 rebound. His ground ball rate decreased to 55.2%, which is still above league average. And we also saw an increase in his fly ball percentage to 19%, which is below league average. But it also, you know, it indicates a shift in the type of contact that he allows. His fantasy value heading into this season remains high because of his ability to secure saves at an elite rate. The main areas we want to watch out for, though, are, are going to be his ERA and strikeout rates, which could significantly impact his value. If he can adjust to the challenges he faced in 2023, refine his uh, approach, particularly with his cutter and his slider, he's got a potential to return to his 2022 performance levels, making him a top-tier option in all fantasy baseball formats. For this season, I'm looking for him to have about five wins, an ERA of around 2.8, a 1.15 whip, 90 strikeouts, and 35 saves. And the comments are popping. What do we got here? Well, let's see. Emmanuel's lover. Somebody's familiar with that. Sway is about to take a shot. Puff, puff, pass. He's got that high THC stuff. We know what he's going to be doing. So who do we, what the heck is that? All right. Who's next on the list? Why don't we head to Pittsburgh? David Bednar. He was a number four reliever last season. 
this year he's a number 31 pitcher off the board in ADP of around 82. And he's a little bit cheaper uh, than the guys we talked about earlier. You can get him for about 16 bucks. Last season, he had 422 points, averaged 6.4 a game. Um, his season last year really saw him establish himself as, as one of the better closers in Major League Baseball. Um, he was solid in 2022, but he made some notable improvements in several key areas that really enhanced his value. Uh, he finished last season with a 2.0 ERA across 67 and a third innings pitched, which improved from 2.61 in 2022. He also racked up a league-leading 39 saves, which was up by 20 from the year before. He had 80 strikeouts, and that really shows his ability to generate swings and, uh, swings and misses, although his K per nine slightly dipped uh, to 10.7, down from 12 flat in 2022. He saw an improvement in his whip to 1.09 from 1.12, and, and that is just kind of natural variance year to year. Um, <clears throat> That slight increase in ERA, it, to me, is well offset by his um, just ability to get saves. The minor decrease in his strikeouts per nine is something to keep an eye on, but I don't really think it significantly detracts from his overall value. Um, he managed to hold hitters to just a, a 215 batting average against with an OPS against a 597 last year. And that really shows us, uh, you know, there's some effectiveness there in, in limiting quality contact. To give you an example, league average batting average is 247, OPS is 732. So he's significantly below in both categories. Sorry about that. He's a dude that throws, uh, he gets, eh, Quite a few ground balls. He's a little bit below average at 40.5%. His fly ball rate is a little bit above average at 30.1%. Um, he does give up more fly balls than average, and that can be a cause for concern. His hard hit percentage is just a tick above league average, but his 1.1 home run percentage is a third of the league average. So he does a good job of keeping the ball in the park. His fastball remained his dominant pitch with hitters managing only a 188 average against it. He throws that in there at, at on average 96.6 miles an hour with decent movement. And that's critical for setting up his secondary pitches like his curveball, which was very effective. Hitters only hit <clears throat> 196 against it. So it's a, a, a great pitch for strikeouts and inducing ground balls. His home runs per nine innings decreased to 0.4, and that shows his ability to limit the long ball. Both his walks per nine and K per nine remain impressive. He's got a fantastic chase rate at 34.5%. He's somebody who's coming into the season as one of the better closing options in fantasy baseball, um, just based on total save opportunities and strikeout abilities. His continued improvement in efficiency and control makes him a high-value target. Keep an eye on him in spring training and really in the early, early season. He's got a, flip, a split finger fastball that, quite frankly, was not great. He gave up a 333 average against it. But if he can get some improvement there, there might be some value in this pick. Overall, I'm looking for him to come in somewhere around four wins, an ERA of about 2.3, a 1.0 whip, 80 strikeouts, 35 saves, which ain't too shabby.
So next up, why don't we head to Cincinnati? Somebody who I, I know Kyle had on his team last year, and, and while he gave you some great performances, he also had you tugging at your hair a little bit, and, and I, you know, Kyle doesn't have a whole lot left, so he can't put up with that kind of thing. We're talking about Alexis Diaz. He was a number six relief pitcher last season. This year, he's a number 35 pitcher off the board. You can get him around pick 88, and we're seeing another discount here. His average uh, auction value is $14. Scored 406 points last season, average 5.7 per game. Look, he did pretty solid as a rookie in 2022, and he took strides in, in really establishing himself um, as one of the better closers in the league. He saw an increase in his ERA up to 3.07 over his rookie year ERA of 1.84. Despite that uptick, he did notch 37 saves over 71 appearances, where he only had 10 in his rookie year. He also picked up nine wins, six of which came after the All-Star break. He had 86 strikeouts in those 67 and a third innings. Maintained a high K per nine of 11.5, although it was a little bit lower than his uh, 11.7 rate in 2022. But his ability to miss bats remains a crucial part of his fantasy value. His whip increased to 1.18 from 0.95 in 22, uh, despite him lowering his walk percentage to 12.6. That's still over 4% above league average. He saw significant increases in both his hard hit percentage, which was up to 9%, uh, or up 9% to 42.1, and his exit velocity, which was up 2.6 miles an hour to 88.4. His hits per nine were up almost two. He went from 4.0 to 5.9. His batting average against rose to 1 point, or 0.186 in 2023 with an OPS against of 0.597 showing that while hitters had some more success against him compared to his rookie season, he's still better than average. His ground ball rate increased to 37% with a decrease in his fly ball percentage to 27.3. And that shows us, uh, you know, he, he's trying to induce more ground balls. His slider is incredibly effective. Uh, batters only hit 153 against it with a 37.9 whiff rate making it a crucial pitch for not only strikeouts, but also working to induce weak contact. His home runs per nine innings decreased to 0.5, and that you know shows his ability to keep the ball in the park. His walk per nine and K per nine rates also highlighted his aggressive approach, which while it leads to high strikeouts, it also produces walks. Um, his 12.6% walk percentage was in the bottom 6% of it in the league, and that's something he struggled with with in both of his two seasons in the majors. After the All-Star break, he really struggled with his uh, command and control. And for those of you that don't know the difference, control is being able to throw a strike. Command is being able to throw a strike knee high on the outer third of the plate. As an example, um, he had a 4.61 ERA and a 1.43 whip with only 25 strikeouts after the break. Look, he enters the season as one of the better closers in fantasy baseball with his high strikeout numbers and save opportunities. It makes him a valuable asset. He's another one. Make sure you're keeping an eye on his control and his ability to limit walks because that's going to be key to maximizing his contributions. If he can maintain his 23 performance or, or even tighten up his control, 
he could outperform many of his peers. For this season, I'm looking for him to have somewhere around six wins, an ERA of about 2.95, a whip of 1.21, 90 strikeouts, and 38 saves. All right, let me get that. There we go. So next up, we're going to head to the desert. Paul Seawald. Last season, he was a number eight relief pitcher. This year, he's the number 38 pitcher off the board, going just outside the top 180p at 103. And he's another dude you can pick up for 14 bucks. Where am I? There we go. You get that off of there, having a couple technical difficulties. Um, last season, he had 372 points, averaged 5.7 per game. Um, he started off the season with the Mariners and, and pitched well, and, and following a midseason trade uh, to the Diamondbacks, he had a, a great year in 2022 where he really cemented himself as one of the better closers in baseball with a 2.67 ERA and 20 saves. Um, his performance last year saw some fluctuations, but still provided a valuable fantasy contribution. He ended the year with a 312 combined ERA across both teams, a slight increase uh, from his 2.67 ERA in 2022. He had 34 saves, which was a sub, uh, substantial improvement. He had 80 strikeouts across 60 and two thirds innings, maintaining an impressive K per nine of 11.9, uh, which was up almost two strikeouts and a whiff rate at 29.3%, showing that he can get swings and misses when he needs to. His whip was up uh, to 1.15 from 0.766 in 2022. And, and that, look, there was a, a slight dip in, in his control, or at least kind of that's what I'm thinking, because we saw a 2.6% increase in his walk rate, which settled in at 9.6%. Um, that's a little bit above league average, but not too concerning. Both his home run rate and his walk rate increased in Arizona. His home run rate went from 3% to 3.8%, and his walk rate went from 8.3% before the trade to 12.5% after. The increase in ERA and WHIP highlighted areas of regression, and I'm going to guess you know part of it is league adjustments. Uh, the other part is a midseason change, you know, in his team getting traded over to Arizona. Uh, and his fastball, which he throws 57.2% of the time, being a little bit more hittable. At the same time, though, his fastball saw a notable, noticeable increase in strikeouts. He's somebody who's in the top 6% in both hard hit percentage, strikeout rate, and exit velocity. His batting average against last year was uh, 208 with an OPS against a 640, and that shows he does uh, does a halfway decent job in limiting quality contact despite the increase in ERA. His ground ball weight rate, ground ball weight, you know, I know I'll be hearing about that one from Kyle. His ground ball rate was at 31.3% with a, a fly ball percentage of 37.5, and, and that indicates his tendency towards fly balls, which align closer with his career norms. His line drive percentage um, was 29.9%, well below his career average and, and league average. He comes into this season as a solid fantasy option. I'm not going to go out of my way to get him, but if I end up with him, I'm not going to be too disappointed. He's got a proven track record of strikeouts and saves, and, and he's a valuable pick for those looking to bolster their bullpen. 
This year, I think he ends up somewhere around five wins, an ERA just over three at 3.05, a 1.15 whip, around 80 strikeouts and 32 saves. All in all, that's not too bad considering where you're getting there just outside the top 100. Now we are going to head on over to the City of Angels. Evan Phillips of the L.A. Dodgers. He was a number 21 reliever last season. This year, he's a number 47 pitcher off the board. ADP of around 121, and, and you can get him for about 12 bucks. Um, damn it. Keep hitting the wrong button here. Last season, he had 300 points, good for 4.8 points per game. He's a rare four-pitch reliever. Most relievers are, are two, maybe three pitches. And, and for those of you who have been baseball fans for a while, think back to Mariano Rivera. He pretty much exclusively threw his cutter. That was about it. Um, his 2023 season was a testament to his evolving role as a key member of the Dodgers bullpen. Um, he showed significant contributions in both holds and saves. After an impressive 2022 campaign where he posted a 1.14 ERA, he saw some adjustments in his usage, and, and with that came some changes in his performance metrics last season. He finished the season with a 2.05 ERA across 62 appearances, which is a slight regression over his 2022 number, but still well uh, below league average. He noticeably increased his save total to 2020 or up to 24. He only had two in, in 2022, so he's a key component in the Dodgers' late-game strategy. He had 66 strikeouts and 61 in the third innings, so he's a, a solid solid strikeout guy. He has a caper nine of about 9.7, which while it was down from his 2022 number, it still positions him as a valuable strikeout asset. His whip increased slightly to 0.832, up from 0.762, but it's still just ridiculously elite. Uh, he did manage to lower his walk rate by about a percent, down to 5.6%, which is excellent. Uh, but his hits per nine went up uh, from 4.7 to 5.6, and, and that help it helps to explain the increase in his whip. His home run rate was up to 2.6%. I'm expecting that to be flat this year, maybe down a hair. His career average is about 2.1%. His overall batting average against was one point, or it was 177 uh, with an OPS against of 535, and that shows that you know he's another pitcher who does a good job limiting that hard contact and, and quality contact, and that's supported by his below-league average exit velocity of 87.4 miles an hour and hard hit percentage of 36.8. He's a dude who relies uh, a lot on his sweeper, and it is a very effective pitch, generating a 42.1% whiff rate, and opponents only hit 111 against it in 2023. He throws it about 45% of the time, so you know that shows you that he runs it out there, and, and there ain't a whole hell of a lot that can be done against it. He also utilizes a cutter almost exclusively against lefties. I think he threw it one time to a right-handed uh, batter that's been uh, fairly effective, outperforming its per, uh, expected stats. His home runs per nine uh, slightly increased to 0.9, but his excellent control. Uh, he's got a walks per nine of 1.9, and his solid strikeout abilities. You know, again, the 9.7 K per nine 
really demonstrates his effectiveness. He's set to remain, uh, remain a solid fantasy baseball asset for 2024, offering significant contributions in ERA, whips, saves, and strikeouts. Keep an eye on his role in spring training and in the early season. It's going to be important because I'm not sure how long his leash is going to be. We are talking about a team with World Series aspirations. For this season, I'm expecting five wins, an ERA of about 2.1, a .95 whip, 75 strikeouts, and 28 saves. And we've got two more pitchers to talk about, and, and these are some guys that I would consider sleepers. Uh, the first one is going to be Clay Holmes of the New York Yankees. He was a number 22 reliever last season. He's a number 54 pitcher off the board this year with an ADP of around 135, and, and you can pick him up for about 12 bucks. Last season, he had 299 points, averaged 4.5 points per game. Uh, he really solidified his role in the back end of the Yankees bullpen. Um, he showcased his ability to close out games and provide valuable innings in high leverage situations. He had a breakout year in 2022 where he posted a 2.54 ERA and had 20 saves, and he continued to demonstrate his effectiveness on the mound. <clears throat> Last season, his, his ERA was up slightly to 2.86 across 66 appearances, but is still well below league average, and he upped his saves total by four. He had 24 last season. He had 71 strikeouts and 63 innings and, and maintained a strong K per nine at 10.1. He saw a slight increase in his whip to 1.17, up from 1.02, driven by increases in his hits per nine and walks per nine. The slight increase in ERA and WHIP can be viewed as minor adjustments within his within his performance metrics. They don't really significantly detract from his overall value. He's a, a, a pretty solid asset. His batting average against was just 218 last year with an OPS against of 584, and he's another dude who excelled at limiting quality contact. And here's where this dude is absolutely amazing. His ground ball rate was 66.7%. To give you an idea, the league average is 42.6%. He was in the 100th percentile. He's essentially the best pitcher in baseball at inducing ground balls with a fly ball percentage of just 10.9. Look, that's fantastic, and it really goes to show just how good his 96-mile-an-hour sinker is, which he throws just under 70% of the time. If you've got dudes out there just beating the ball into the damn ground, you know you're going to keep the ball in the park and keep them off base, which is really what you want. He has a 99th percentile uh, barrel rate of 2.4%. And remember, barrel rate's a combination of uh, a, a ball hit 95 miles an hour or more with a, a specific launch angle range. I'm not going to dive too, too much into it. Um, the effectiveness is his sinker. Uh, of his sinker is going to be crucial to his success just because of how often he throws it. His home runs per nine remained really low at just 0.3. He keeps the ball in the park, which is very important there, uh, especially at a place like Yankee Stadium. His walks per nine were up slightly to 3.3, and his hits per nine jumped to 7.3 to uh, jump to 7.3 from 6.4. But his K per nine of 10.1 shows he can still overpower hitters and get the strikeouts when he needs to. 
to me, he's somebody who's poised to remain a, a valuable fantasy asset this year. He's going to give you good contributions and saves, ERA and strikeouts on a team that should be improved overall this season. So I am looking for an increase in, in his total save number. This year, I'm thinking something around six wins, an ERA of about 2.75, a 1.12 whip, 78 strikeouts, and 30 saves. But there is some opportunity for equity there, just depending on how much this team is improved. And now, because of Ramey, we're going to head up to the Windy City. The last dude we're talking about, and another guy who I think is going to be a sleeper this year, Adbert Elzele. Last season, he was a number 28 reliever. This year, he's the 61st pitcher off the board. You can get him around pick 153, or you, if you're in auction leagues, you can get him for a cool 10 spot, which I think is, is pretty decent value. Last season, he scored 263 points, averaged four and a half per game. Uh, and it marked a transition. He's a dude who started out as a starting pitcher and he got moved to the bullpen and he really started to find his stride last year, showing his ability to, to be effective in that closer role and contribute valuable innings in high leverage situations. And the old adage way back in the day was, you know, all of our relievers were just failed starters. Um, that's not necessarily the case so much anymore, even if we are talking about a dude who transitioned from starter to closer. Um, he's somebody who he had a, a, a really solid ERA, <clears throat> 2.67, 58 appearances, recorded 22 saves. So, you know, I would call that a successful transition to the closer role. He had 67 strikeouts over 60 or across 64 innings. He had a, a solid K per nine of 9.4. So he can generate the swings and misses. His whip was an excellent 1.01. .01. His batting average against was 225 last year with an OPS against of 611. Both are, are below league average, but not so far below, um, you know, to be on par with some of the, the gentlemen we were talking about earlier. His batted ball data is all around league average with his hard hit percentage slightly below average. His slider continued to be really effective, generating a 40.6% whiff rate. And opponents only hit 194 against it last year. <clears throat> Usage of the pitch was up to 45% from 33% in 2022. You want to talk about pitch mix, five pitches. This dude uses five pitches, led by his slider, which he throws 45% of the time, and his four-seamer uh, just under 21% of the time. <clears throat> His home runs per nine uh, was 0.7, a two point or a two percent home run rate, and his walks per nine were 1.8, a 5.1 percent. Remain low, and that highlights his ability to limit home runs and walks. His solid K per nine of 9.4 and a 20 or 26.5 percent strikeout rate really shows that he's somebody who can miss bats when he needs to. Coming into this season, the closer role is all his. It's his to lose. There's not really any competition for the role in the bullpen. He's somebody who he could be a significant asset for you, especially where he's being drafted or the price you'll have to pay for him. He's going to give you contributions and saves, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. This season, I'm looking for about four wins, an ERA of around 2.6, a whip of about 1.05, 75 strikeouts, and 25 saves.
that is going to wrap up our relief pitcher preview. And, and going back to the draft, one thing to remember is, um, you know, there's going to be a run on relievers at some point in the draft, and, and you've got to decide, am I going to pay up? You know, either in terms of auction value or uh, draft capital, or are you going to wait? At this point, we don't really know what the right answer is. It's all going to come down to how your draft is going, when that run starts, and how you want to build your team. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, if you have questions or, or want to chat some more, drop a comment down below. We're, we're happy to engage with you and, and keep the conversation going. Uh, Thursday, I'm going to be absent. I am headed to the Pacers-Pistons game to watch the Pistons get their ass kicked. But, you know, they're sweet tickets. A, a buddy of mine's hooking me up. So I'll, I'll go with, uh, you know, get some some free beer and, and some free grub and, and hopefully, you know, enjoy most of the game. You know, a nice thing about the Pistons, while they lose constantly, it's not like they're getting blown out. But on Thursday, Ramey's going to be back. We're going to be talking, they're going to be talking about NFL free agency, speculating on who goes where. They're going to be talking about the Colts and Lions. And, and for a little bit of fun, taking a look at some futures bets. Uh, I know I've got a few in mind as well. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll contribute a, a little bit after the fact. That's going to wrap it up for today. Really appreciate everybody stopping by. If you haven't yet, uh, drop that like and subscribe. Again, we're here every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, next week, we are going to continue uh, our fantasy baseball previews. <clears throat> I, I don't know if we're doing starting pitcher or outfield yet. Uh, I'll let Kyle decide that and, and just kind of let me know. Thanks again, everybody. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time.